Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, as always, with your host, Jeff Floyd, Pete Smith, in here as we just continue to grind out and pump out finalization of draft work and all that stuff here as we get closer and closer. Uh, Pete, obviously, great to have you here. And, uh, you know, something new here. We got a couple things we're going to get to, but seeing as this just kind of dropped... Uh, Pete, the, well, I guess the invited gentleman to the 2019 NFL Draft. What do we got? Uh, from the NFL, uh, so it starts out with, I don't know what the, oh, I see. I got it. Okay. So uh, it starts out Kyler Murray, Christian Wilkins, Josh Jacobs, Montez Sweat, DeAndre Baker, Noah Fant, good Josh Allen, Nick Bosa, Marquise Brown, Brian Burns, Devin Bush, Andre Dillard, Cody Ford, TJ Hawkinson, Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, DK Metcalf, Ed Oliver, Jawan Taylor, Devin White, Greedy Williams, Jonah Williams, and Queen and Williams. Was Devin Bush on that list? Yes. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, there was one there about five or six towards the end that definitely... Uh, Hollywood Brown? He's in there. Hollywood Brown, huh? Hmm. There's... There, okay, so if you're looking at this from who appears to be a potential guy for longest stay in the green room, your candidates are Greedy Williams, DeAndre Baker. I think he's the favorite. Um, Cody you got, Ford. You got to think Hollywood Brown. List Frank scares and, and, people. And Marquise Brown. Those are the yeah. those. Those are the guys I think they're in the most danger of potentially sitting there. And then, you know, Josh Jacobs is another one that I could easily see making it to day two. Uh, I'll be fascinated to see, you know, where, where, where we end up with him. But DeAndre Baker's sort of situation has him as, the, as my lead dog for longest day in the green room. Well, you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to test poorly and then all of a sudden have people say that now you may be a question mark in interviews, things of that nature. Um, if you want to be honest, if he, you know, obviously he's a quarterback, but uh, and maybe the Giants, because the Giants have a ton of interest. Daniel Jones, we sure he belongs in a suit and tie that night? No. But, <laughs> oh, and I, and I hope for his sake it's not a situation where all this bluffing, you know, ends up with this dude going in round four or something, you know, as has happened in the past. If we run into, you know, the Geno Smith uh, type draft class where nobody goes in the first round and you're sitting here wondering when a quarterback is going to bother. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't understand the no Dwayne Haskins. That definitely seems odd to me. Well, the, 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 these these uh, my assumption, and I could be wrong, is these guys have already been invited and accepted well, because could, it's April 9th. Yeah, well, I mean, the other thing is, though, is, I mean, it comes down to maybe, you know, agent pull and pushing this stuff here, uh, the cornerback position to have these are the two guys that are there, um, not a safety to be invited. Uh, you know, the Iowa duo, as I'm looking at it here, I mean – Without seeing a whole bunch of names where you could just say, "Oh, well, he's not," but you know, I just, I will, I, I will say this though. First thing, Pete, four offensive tackles. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I forget who it was, but remember, somebody we had talked about this, you know, and somebody put it out there that you could see a, a pretty big run. We, we you know on offensive linemen, and then you get this where you see four offensive tackles invited to the draft. 
Yeah, uh, with the potential exception of, well, I, I guess both Cody Ford and Jonah Williams could end up being, you know, interior guys. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you're going to get one in the top 10, one in the top 16, and then two more could easily go by the uh, end of the first day. Look, it's it's we do this every year. There are not enough offensive linemen in the NFL. So if you can get talented ones, you're going to do it every time. I mean – we, who's the who's the New York Giants dude who sucked and still got a like a four million dollar contract by virtue? Eric Flowers, Eric Flowers is god awful, yes. and he still got a job in the division no less uh, to the Washington Redskins, I believe, for four million dollars. He can't block anything, but Bo- Bobby Hart, our boy, yeah, seven million dollars, seven a three year twenty one million dollar contract. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there, there's just not enough. Chris Hubbard's a good example. He's not a bad player, but he's certainly not $7 million worth. Uh, yeah, there's just not enough guys, so they tend to go early, which, you know, could be great for the Browns, uh, you know, until they want to grab a developmental one later and suddenly guys are getting reached upon. But this may this may help uh, the Browns land DBs. You, the, you, there is no safety in this group. Again, I... I I'm fairly sure these are guys who have confirmed they're going, so guys may have been invited and simply said no. Yeah, because uh, actually Marcus Mosher's here saying, because uh, Eric, uh, er, our buddy Eric Edel, Edel, I always mess up his last name, but Eric's very, yeah. Yeah, very established in the business. He, he said no Dwayne Haskins with a question mark, and then Marcus Mosher, another guy who actually had said that Dwayne Haskins has declined his invite. So, you know, I mean, I don't know. For me, it's uh, I'm going to go, but I mean, Guys, also think about it last year, the number one pick in the NFL draft last year didn't go an hour and a half from his home to the NFL draft. So it's it's it, the, it's becoming a big nothing, uh, nope. which is fine. It's a TV show. That's what they want, which is fine. It's but, because you know, oh, literally it's about that stupid red carpet is what it's about. Well, that 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 uh, you know, I don't dignify that with my viewership. I think that's one of the dumbest ideas ever. But listen, they want to they want to push it. But because it's not. You know, because if if you're a potential top pick, uh, in this case, Dwayne Haskins, and he may decline it, they are going to at least offer to send a film crew, uh, you know, to his house, which makes this, you know, that much less meaningful to, to actually go. But, you know, it's whatever you want to do. If you want to go and do all the stuff that comes with going to the draft, great. If you want to stay home with friends and family, you great. You want to go fishing with your dad, great. I don't care. Uh, you know, I, I, and I remember this. People were reading into this with Miles Garrett uh, because he didn't go either, and using this as an as as a knock on him. Like, who? This is the type of stuff where you just get way too deep into it. Uh, let the dude have his day, however he wants to have it, and move on. No, exactly. It, it just it is what it is. It's, it's your day. Uh, look, not everybody's going to go the Joe Thomas route. Uh, you know, that's fine. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, could he be in New Jersey? Could he be, you know, wherever he stays, you know, obviously in Columbus? I mean, who, who knows in that avenue? Um, maybe if he's in New Jersey, you know, maybe there is some hints, hints. He wouldn't have to travel very far to his next destination. Um, you know, I, the red carpet thing, it is silly, but I, I do like to get to see these guys talk with their moms, and you get to see these parents just like, I mean, because, like, look, I mean, what do you hope for? You hope for, you know, oh, my kid, he does the right thing, he gets to school, you know, he graduates college. Not these parents. 
my kid just got $27 million guaranteed. I mean, it's a whole different ballgame, and you kind of like to see, like, the moms are just like, you know, the whole thing of, like, they're about to pass out, and the dad's just like, all right, you're done. The gravy train is over. Every meal from here on out is on you, son. That's the way it's going to work. Um, you know, so there we go. We have our, you know, invitees for the draft. Um, our boy, Justin Lane. He should just be there just because you should invite the number one cornerback in the draft. But that's a story. Sure, I imagine he was invited. He probably said, nah, I'll be, you know, 20 minutes away from Berea anyway. So That's true. That's, you know, Heck, I'll, I'll be there before you're done rattling off the pick. Um, that being said here, actually, there are, you know, we do have some other stuff going on here in the NFL. Um, you know, the release of the preseason schedule is out. So uh, week one, it's the Washington Redskins. Um, could be interesting because Baker, in some form of another, if you know, there's a lot of rumors of Josh Rosen becoming a Redskin. Um, Baker would then face every one of the five first-round quarterbacks of his draft class. So you know, I mean, obviously, it still could happen if he stays in Arizona, but it could play that he faces all four of his classmates that went in the first round, and maybe see Kyler Murray. So Washington, Week One, Week Two, we already knew about this. The Colts, obviously, the joint practices that are going to come with that. Week three, this is the one you always put your eyes on, and I got to tell you, Pete, if this is the one you want to use next year as your dress rehearsal, so to so you know, so to speak, I I, I just hate that term. Look, it's a it's a showbiz term. I, I hate that term. Uh, you know, assigned to football, it, you know, it just doesn't seem to fit. But Tampa's a nice one. It, it's a nice one, and then you get your you know, which was just an absolute ass whooping last year. I think people tried to believe that Chad Thomas was actually maybe a player because he may have had a, a rep where showcase he, game. Where yes, he, yes, guys who are going to be going to be selling uh, yes selling insurance or jumping onto these substitute high school gym position jobs. Um, but that's where you have it. Uh, you know, I believe it's. Uh, I'm trying to think where it is here. It's it is at Tampa. It is at Indianapolis. So it's home for Washington and it is home for Detroit to slide out there. That's it, right. The battle for the barge, baby. Yes, and um, I, I will tell you right now, like I told you all preseason, and Pete's with me on this one, watch this one with like one eye closed, and the only thing you're hoping for is just nobody freaking get hurt. Just just get through it. Just get through it. Just get through it. Well, the, the thing I would like to see out of week four of the preseason is nobody plays. Oh, I don't. I barely want to see them play at all. I mean, yeah, you know, I, just get I the think- reps in camp. Well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's if you, you get your quarter, you get your, you know, almost a half you get your half and then the first drive of the second half and then you shut it down take a set essentially a bye week for that last week and 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 evaluate guys you want to evaluate exactly i mean you know dontrell hilliard go ahead enjoy that you know 20 carry performance you're going to have in week four of the actually no that'll probably be kareem hunt <laughs> so good luck with that Detroit. Yeah, they, they, you're gonna get I, you're gonna get 20 to 20 carries of kareem hunt in week four of the preseason <laughs> I would hope so. I mean, you, you run that dude into the ground, uh, you know, for preseason or whatever, just to get through that game, and then he's get he gets his eight week uh, hiatus, assuming he doesn't do anything to screw that up. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what you do. Why would you? I mean, in no, no offense to anyone here, but he's not going to be playing week one. Dontrell Harry theoretically could play week one, unless it's a, like a question of if Dontrell Harry's going to make the final roster or not. You just uh, you 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 use guys that you're not expecting to be there. No, in, in you know that's what I mean. It's but even still though, the guy's going to need some conditioning. And look, you can do whatever you want. And you know, it, it's looking like and some some guys I've talked to is is they may grant him where he can actually stick around the facility 
but you know you're not going to be in football shape without playing football so you might as well get as much as you can in before you know he goes and wanders away for two months off the field where he can't do anything um guys itunes rating reviews uh please keep those coming i uh guys we, we're just continuing to put out strong content uh day in day out obviously you know uh you know putting in our work here you know getting close where everything's pretty much wrapped up we'll find some fun things to do here draft wise as we get you to the final step um we got some plans here what we're going to do uh for the first night of the draft obviously where right now there is any cleveland activity but maybe we'll you know record and and find some way to release it so you know maybe that way if and when cleveland if they do sneak in to the first round you will actually be able to get a live reaction from that um but itunes rating reviews drop a five star drop a written review over there guys it helps with the show's growth a ton uh, now, this is what, what I wanted to get to today, and you know, this wasn't exactly the intended purpose of why it was put out, um, but Mike Clay, uh, Mike Clay, if you're not familiar, uh, fantasy writer over at ESPN, and does this every year, does you know overall team projections. So what I decided to do was turn this into, basically, we're going to do a, you know, we're going to take it, and we're going to go over-unders with it. And, uh, you know, th- there's some here, things that definitely drew, you know, you know, raised an eyebrow, things of that nature, or whatever. Um, so let's see where we'll start this here. Um, first things first, uh, let's, all right, let's go with the, all right, let's check it Well, here, this would be the stat line for Baker Mayfield. It would be 362 for 571, 4,312 yards, 31 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, actually going to give him 152, 162 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Pete, what here, right off the bat, just for you, hmm, draws a hmm as far as anything here. Uh, I, the interceptions are interesting. Uh, my, you know, my feeling is that those that number is high, um, based on the type of quarterback he is. Certainly, you know, a thirty-one to fourteen touchdown interception radio to uh, ratio to two point two to one is excellent, but still. Uh, you know, he had so many of these interceptions this past year that I think are well, unforced he, errors that he can did, fix. He had six in two games, right? The Raven game, the Texan game? Yeah. You taking that? So, like I was saying, Pete, it's, you know, he had, what, uh, three versus the Ravens, three versus the Texans, so that was two bad games. Um, I, I guess he can factor in the, you know, the fact that it was, you know, the it, missing two and a half starts. I mean, 14 to me does seem high. For me, though, is only two more touchdown passes in three more in three more starts. If this all goes the way it should, 31 seems a little low. Um, part of why I think the interceptions will drop is look, it is Odell Beckham. There's you know <laughs> he should be <laughs> very open, wide open. Um, so that I also think that's going to help with bringing the interception total down. And I do think a four, you know 4300 and it seems so weird where 4,300, it's like a good number, but we're like, oh, maybe it could be a little higher. But I think for 4,300 yards with a guy like Beckham around now, which is only going to make everybody else's life that much easier, 31 touchdowns seems a little low. And this is largely a product of you do a simulation like this, you know, based on averages and stuff. Uh, oh, there's math to it now that I couldn't even understand. And Yeah, you know, so like – you know, the, Baker Mayfield was flirting with 4,000 yards last year in less less games. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I have a feeling he will do a little bit better than that. And, and, and granted, 14 interceptions is less than one a game, which is certainly excellent. Uh, 
but the you know the overall touchdown number they have for offense is 43, which is good. But you know, again, I think their potential there for more, and uh, maybe it's accounting for a little bit of a, a blowout nature where some of these, you know, they, they basically take their foot off the gas at times uh, and maybe that accounts for it. But yeah, it's, you know, it's be a great, great year for Baker Mayfield, but I think he expects better than like, if he's looking at this and I'm sure he has or will, uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's thinking that, that, that those numbers are low for him. 35 sacks, by the way, seems like a ton. Yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know. I mean, he just processes, delivers everything there. That That's assuming that this O-line, I mean, I, you know, I, I guess you're thinking that Zeitler is that much of a big of a difference because obviously that, to this point not much has changed. But, you know, it, it's definitely interesting in that standpoint. Uh, Nick Chubb, obviously, with his first year as, you know, for, uh, you know full-time bell cow, uh, over 1,200 yards on the ground, uh, 270 receiving for a total of only 11 touchdowns. I got to tell you, the the rate he was going is that's another one that's it seems I don't maybe we need somebody to bring some you know cold water to the party but that just seems low at the rate he was going after what was it nine starts well yeah I mean look he based on this he would have fourteen hundred and seventy total yards um, that would be outstanding uh, you know at that point when it comes to running backs. Sure, you're probably thinking, oh, he could do better than 11 touchdowns, but that is 11 touchdowns. So when it comes to that, that's largely a matter of opportunity. Uh, the total position he has for the running back position as a group is uh, 16 total touchdowns, which would be incredible. I think that's part of what factors in here. But no, if if, if you could say right now I can sign up for 1,470 yards of Nick Chubb next year, I don't think anybody would hesitate. So again, you know, what, based on what we've seen, he could be great. Uh, if, if 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 you, the one thing I, I I would say you like about these numbers, based on what is projected here, is the 32 receptions for 263. That means he became a bigger part of the passing game, which would be, you know, useful. Uh, I think it was trending that way at the end of the year, but I think with a full off season, uh, I think that's going to be a big focus for him. In addition to, you know, becoming a better blocker. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it just seems that at the rate he was going, it, it seems a little low. And, and the other thing is I factor in the fact that, you know, you're going to put in these sets where it's Odell and Callaway and Landry and Joku. And I, I, there's, I don't know. I just think I just think there's going to be yards to be hoovered, vacuum cleaned up by him. The one here that I think might be the most staggering, and you know, it, Kareem Hunt, I mean, first things first, you know, I, I, I don't, Imagine he's, you know, it's it's 50 carries for 186. Uh, that's not the one. It's the only nine receptions, and I don't care if it's eight games or not. But I mean, I mean, look, well, this is strictly Kareem Hunt, the football player. If he's going to be there for eight games and he's only going to catch nine balls, that, that, that just don't make sense. I mean, because if he's going to be here, at least you want to do is accentuate the thing that he gives you that he is a lot better at than Nick is the fact that he's a really good receiving running back. Uh, yeah, so this uh, projection certainly says Nick Chubb is the dude, uh, which I have Every- no problem with. Uh, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> they, they, I think a lot of the question with this comes down to where are the Browns in the standings at this point? Like when Duke Johnson comes back, or not Duke if Kareem come, Hunt comes back and the Browns are sitting there at like 
you know, six and two, are they going to really, are they maybe more inclined to get Hunt going because they want to, you know, pace Nick Chubb, you know, especially those last four games of the year, maybe. Whereas if the Browns are like, you know, four and four or something, even, you know, that seems unlikely, but that may change how much you see of him. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole thing here has him getting 59 touches. I think that's going to be higher, but keep in mind, at least for now, this projects Duke Johnson here. So there's numbers for that. Uh, there's 81 touches there. If Duke Johnson is ultimately moved, somebody is going to get those touches. Presumably it would be split between uh, Kareem Hunt probably getting about two-thirds of those and maybe Dontrell Hilliard or whomever is that third guy getting the rest, um, which, like on this one, Dontrell Hilliard doesn't get anything. So, the funniest thing is that his name's there, though, and there's just yeah. goose eggs across the board. So, yeah, that that becomes interesting. Uh, very conservative with Kareem Hunt, which maybe we all should be. Uh, but, yeah, that, that certainly those numbers stand out as being pretty low. Uh, but, again, if you look at it just from running back position in general, it's, you know, 2,300 total yards uh, at that position. Yeah, that's that'll work. And then we'll get to you know where the you know where the fun kind of starts, and it's interesting because and look, I this is one of the you know I don't think anything is going to change with the way Baker Mayfield plays quarterback. Um, look, it is fantastic that Odell Beckham Jr. is here, but I still think nothing's going to change within Baker that you are if you're the open dude, you're the one who's getting the ball. So uh, you know, obviously Odell is eight, it's ninety two for you know almost thirteen hundred ten touchdowns. But but the breakdown of the rest of the wide receiver core, you know, I don't think you're gonna stunt Antonio Callaway's growth. I don't think all of a sudden the relationship he has with Antonio Callaway is gonna go away. Right. Um. This is interesting because it basically paints the Browns' offense as a as three guys uh, in terms of the passing game: Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, and David Njoku. Um. And Jarvis Landry getting 908 yards on 118 targets. Uh, I think most people would be pretty happy with that. It would certainly be substantially more efficient, which, by the way, should only point to how inefficient he was last year. But I agree with you. You had to do it. You had to do it. Well, it's it's sitting there. Uh, (laughs) Callaway only getting 403 yards. Rashard Higgins getting 259 and Ratley getting 46. Um, I, I, I guess I can understand why... You know, a projection would come up with that, but just based on what Baker Mayfield has done and what we've seen from Freddie Kitchens, that seems really, really unlikely. Uh, because if, if Antonio Callaway continues to ascend, there's just so much in there. Uh, and Richard Higgins getting 28 targets for the whole year seems really unlikely, uh, given how much of a connection he and Baker uh, Mayfield have already. Uh, I, I, I think you would. Based on these, I would I would think you'd get less Landry, more Callaway and Higgins, and maybe it's Callaway and Higgins, you know, sharing what amounts to be one position's worth of load. But even that, um, I, I think this is really really high on Landry, low on those two. Uh, but you know, it's more reasonable than maybe the hype would suggest, given where we're at with some of the stuff that's been coming out in terms of 
uh, LSU Tigers and all that stuff. <laughs> um, and then there's you know Najoku, which is you know it's uh, you know 55 for it was uh, 647 five touchdowns. Look, I, there's there's going to be weeks where there's just guys who are just not going to be covered, and I think you're going to see weeks where David Najoku is going to give you. I mean, it could be a five for one ten. Because you were so worried about everybody on the outside, you were so worried about the running game that you're creeping safeties up. And David Njoku, who runs, you know, sub four five as a tight end, as big and muscular as he is, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I it, it feels weird to say it, but I just think on the whole, I think these stats all along the line are low. But I mean, I guess you know, for, for what we're doing here, I guess it's the intensive purposes, and obviously there is a fantasy spin to it. But Najoku, I mean, five touchdowns, I don't know. For me, that just feels low. Um, well, I, I think based on the last month of the year, you'd, you'd expect more to be coming from that unless Najoku takes a big step back or just doesn't progress and he's sort of maxed out. That seems very unlikely given that he's only 22 uh, or not even 22. I think he will turn 22 here in uh, June. Um you have a coach who loves tight ends. You have an offensive coordinator who loves tight ends. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, 55 for 647 is a solid, good year. But I just think, you know, we are all expecting more out of that, out of him and out of that position in general. They, you know, they have 22 for, or 15 for 165 to Demetrius Harris, um, which, you know, would be great uh, to get out of that second tight end. Weirdly, more than uh, the, than the playmaker who is way more efficient. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I I don't have any issue with his numbers in terms of you know looking at it from overall yards. I just think there's more questions in terms of you know how it's being sort of dished out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see that as well. And you know, maybe with Duke being out, maybe that'll you know pick up Kareem a little bit, but. It almost seems like you know Baker's just not going to use the whole palette, which is I don't think that's going to change. And it, and then there's the whole thing here with you know the uh, I guess the hashtag here would be Clay projections. And there's a couple things I go at is um, unit ranks, and this is one that kind of um, you know obviously the highest ranking units would be wide receiver, tight end. Edge would come in below tight end and wide receiver quarterback would be below running back would be below wide receiver would be below tight end would be below edge you know that i'm not sure of and then there's the factor of 9.4 wins which pete i gotta be honest that almost feels like a disappointment at this point yeah i i think uh look you right now you have to look at this and i know there are some people are saying well pittsburgh's gonna win uh, the division, I, I think the Browns and, and reasonable expectations having them winning the division. They're just uh, there are areas where they could certainly get better. At. There are areas where they're going to have to sort of improve, fly, and figure things out. Uh, but overall, I, I think this team is just better than maybe this gives them credit for. Uh, maybe you know this is sort of accounting for potential. You know that uh, how difficult it is to go from seven wins to say eleven or twelve, but you know this that the, Hugh Jackson no longer being in the way. Uh, you know, granted, it's a first. You know, 
Fred, Freddie Kitchens is, you know, still young in his head coaching tenure, but I, I just think there's, based on at least early returns, and certainly it'll be interesting to see how the NFL sort of adjusts to what he's been doing, but they now then have to also adjust for what he's going to do with the full offseason with adding Odell Beckham and those type of things that uh, makes this interesting. But then again, you know, I look at some of the defensive numbers and they're just weird. Oh, they're definitely weird. Um, I guess you have what, it, it, it's Miles at a shade under 10 and Vernon at a shade shade under 8? Is that what it is? Yeah, Miles Garrett projected at 9.9 sacks. If he's, you know, this is projecting them to play 848 snaps, which would be an improvement. He had 13 sacks, and he's just scratching the surface. And that was uh, this, without any assistance. <laughs> right. Well, they've got... Uh, Other than Larry. Olivier Vernon with 816 snaps and getting eight sacks. They have Jannard Avery at 659 snaps, 4.6 sacks. The whole unit has just 23.7 sacks, which is not a bad number by any stretch for the edge players, but it feels like there's more in there. Defensive tackle... Uh, Feels more realistic. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi getting 4.3 sacks. Sheldon Richardson getting 3.9. And then, you know, they've got food for thought, I suppose. Trevon Coley and Brian Price are the next two up, uh, combining for a, a, a massive 0.7 sacks and 17 tackles. Um, that may sort of highlight just how big of an issue that is. Uh, but I, I, I do think uh, I, I do think there's more in there. I think, you know, how it's divvied up ultimately will be the most interesting, but I, I do think the Browns are going to be a team that can get in excess of 40 sacks, um, which is Easily. a big number. This this team, you know, based on his production, this is 39. That is a big number of sacks, but I do think uh, with what the Browns have done, uh, with the improvements they've made, that could 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 be a, a bigger number. Uh, Again, it's just the the one that just sta- you know even Olivier Vernon's eight isn't awful. It's Miles Garrett not getting ten. That seems really unlikely uh, with just how special he is, and now having more guys to uh, take away t- attention from him. And it, it, we even talked about this when we get through this, and th- there could be the Joe Schobert, you know, three and a half to five cleanup sacks where the quarterback had no choice, had to approach the line of scrimmage. Joe broke assignment and took him down, and it ended up being, you know, a, a sack for a half a yard loss or whatever. Um, I, I definitely think, you know, you, you, you're going to probably trend closer to 50 on that number. Um, remember, guys, to get this show every day, subscribe to Locked on Browns on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding uh, ex- uh, ever podcast world, you need Himalaya and their app with the personally curated lists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app, app store and make sure you are subscribed to Locked on Browns. It's going to bring us to some listener questions that we do have here, Pete. Um, I guess, all right, this one here is good, actually, from Mike Skinner. Um, it's going to be interesting, though, because with the Browns and the Colts and obviously the joint practices, and it's a good question from Mike, um, will, 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 could positives or negatives come? Because, I mean, these are two teams now where obviously there's nothing between them yet where there's going to be a rivalry, but if things trend for Indianapolis and if things trend correctly for the, the Browns, this could become a rivalry. So is this something where maybe you don't want to show that much in a joint practices? That is the most inter- interesting part of this whole thing is 
you know, what are they really going to want to show each other at this point? But having said that, you know, the complexion of the team from, you know, from both sides, you know, potentially, what are we thinking, 18 weeks away from each other? Um, I don't know how much that becomes an issue. I think, you know, the bigger concern would be, you know, guys essentially, you know, they're not taking it easy because they, you know, they, because they aren't teammates. They are going against an opponent. That part can be good uh, in terms of, you know, getting them to get a sense of where they are as a team. That becomes a little bit of a, a measuring stick, which is a positive. Um, the the potential issue is that there might be a little bit more of a potential for injury uh, because guys don't care uh, about, you know, there's not a reason to sort of hold off, I suppose, in that sense. And this is more not so much about, you know, Baker and Luck. This is about linemen falling on each other and those type of things. It's also about a guy like Quentin Nelson who doesn't have an off switch taken out of fucking defensive lineman, which we certainly do not want in a week two preseason practice. Yeah, and those type of events uh, tend to have more fights. Uh, no doubt. I remember the Jets and Redskins, uh, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, and it just got disgustingly dirty and ugly. So, granted, it's the NFL, uh, and they will have a, a number of you know people in place with this, but it really comes down to you know, the, the two head coaches, uh, coming up with a good plan on how to, you know, sort of structure this to get what they want to get out of it while also making it so that neither team is going to be, you know, adversely harmed in, by participating in it. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately I think it's a positive. I, I think too much is made of, you know, stealing stuff and all that. Uh, it, it doesn't mean you can't, possibly pick up some tidbit that comes back, you know, potentially in the playoffs or something. But I, I think just in general, uh, you're basically looking at something that 18 weeks is away is a ton uh, and teams will change so much. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch because I, I expect as much as they may tell themselves, you know, this doesn't, isn't a big deal. Uh, we're just going to do what we do and, and live with it. That there's probably is some little, voice in the back of their head saying, eh, maybe we don't want to show everything or maybe we don't want to show them this particular thing or whatever. It's, you know, and, and, and this could be something that becomes a rivalry, you know, as, as the years go on. And that's kind of, I mean, if you said it was, I don't know. I mean, well, look, it's obviously going to be the Bengals, but I mean, if you said it was the Dolphins, whatever, have at it. Let's have some fun. Who cares? Um, from, uh, let's make sure I'm saying it right. Denzel Lamont. Likelihood of a Joe Schobert extension. If it, was uh, me, would, it, if it was me and you, we know where it's at. <laughs> I'm saying in excess of 90%, and the only reason I'm not saying it's 100% is because if something happens, he gets hurt, um, you know, significantly, which would be really unfortunate. I mean, unless they, you know, unless something comes out, you know, in the off season where they're like so committed to somebody that they feel like they they, they drafted a star that allows them to let him walk out the door. I think it would be incredibly unlikely that a deal doesn't doesn't get done. I I imagine it will get done uh, potentially during the season, but I, I don't know how you know how much Schobert wants to mess around with that. At the same time, though, you're on your rookie deal. You want you you want to get that uh, that that security done earlier than later. 
and and maybe the Browns can get him at maybe a, a slightly lower price. That, that that does not mean they're going to get you know a steal out of this. It's still going to be in excess of ten million a year average. But you know the difference between that and sort of uh, you know CJ Mosley's contract, where or a homeboy know, who went to Tampa. I mean, uh, or, or from Tampa, Alexander, yeah. Uh, in in San Francisco, like you know, I, I think as long as both sides are sitting there going, you know, this is great for for everybody involved. We want to win. We don't want you know all that stuff. I think I think it'll get I think it'll get done. So I'm 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 up over ninety percent. Yeah, I mean that's just something that needs to get put away and put away quickly. Um, first things first, you know, look, yes, Sashi drafted him. That's fine, whatever. But he's turned out, and even when Sashi drafted him, this is not the role he ended up playing. He ended up playing a middle linebacker. He is a relentless worker on the field, off the field. Um, he's exceeded expectations in spades. You drafted a guy in the fourth round who gave you the return investment of. Maybe a late first round pick, a second round pick. Um, Maybe exceeded your expectations, but uh, I had this. Uh, I believe. Oh no, no, uh, no! I mean, a lot of people thought maybe he could be an outside linebacker with, but I, but I'm saying the draft expectations. He was drafted in the fourth round, so it, it, sure. There's I'd a, put, yeah, even ahead. that, I put him in the middle. Yep, I know. And our buddy Montel Hardy, my, there was a time he put him out and said, you know, he will give you the return investment of a top twenty draft pick. Montel Hardy down at Wake Forest. Nice call, kid. Pete, you too. Um, but look, I, they've embraced the computer. Look, uh, you know Joe's wife works in Cleveland. Um, maybe he wants to get to the point where the missus doesn't have to work anymore. But it, it seems so. And then you get to when Joe went down and the entire team was a mess. Um, maybe it was good, though, because that was finally the time where they were like, all right, Hugh, everybody else, you can go. Joe came back. You saw the finished product or whatever. But you just saw such a disconnect from the defense and how it was run. And Joe is the leader of that defense. There is no question about it. Find some common ground here. Um, Look, people are going to have to get paid here. And that's the joy of going from 0-16 to 7-8-1, which should be the promised land. Uh, you're going to have to get Joe some money here, and uh, it, it, it's time to do it. And I, it, Yes, I would do it before he gets to essentially be Wilkes's Luke Keekley. I, I would do that, and I would do that the quicker the better if you're on the Brown side. Right, so like Go people ahead. are talking – if you're trying to make this into a – Dorsey's not going to pay him because he's not a Dorsey guy. He paid Eric Berry way too much money. He paid Justin Houston way too much money. He paid uh, Derek uh, – Johnson, none of those guys were his picks. Uh, what's his face? The uh, defensive end out of Penn State, another guy that wasn't his pick. Holly. He paid all those. Yeah, they, Tom Bali. You know, you can get into this idea that it's you know this it, like it's punitive to get rid of Sashi guys, and maybe on some level it is. But if he, I, I don't think he has any interest of cutting off his nose to spite his face, and it, I don't think he's going to go. Uh, you know, I you know, Sashi Brown drafted Miles Garrett. We got to get him the hell out of here, type thing. Uh, I, I I think that reaches its natural conclusion, and and he's going to, you know, if Joe Schobert was on the market, I expect he'd make a play for him. So, yeah, I think I think that's going to get done. And if you're trying to look at this from you know, how valuable is Joe Schobert? You look no further than when he wasn't on the field and the difference that made, and then when he came back and the difference that made. Well, and the fact that, you know, I mean, you know, the guy came back from a serious hamstring 
in I, I guess he missed what three and a half games. Um, the guy when you know we had him on the show, I had him on the show. I guess it was late January. He was still not 100% recovered, and you know he spoke on that. But he, you know he had never been injured before in his life, so he it was the time of all right. Well, I think I'm good enough to play, so I'm going to get back out there and play. He, he he wants to be there with the guys. It's just everything you want in your middle linebacker, and that's where you know obviously you know just 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 get it done. Just just get that one done, and. I agree with you on the, you know, all, oh, well, you know, my guys, my guys, my guys. Well, sometimes it's, you know, there's going to be a point where it's like, well, yeah, well, this one, yeah. I don't care whose guy it was, you know, I agree. This guy, this guy can get it done. And, you know, I, yeah, exactly. Miles Garrett, uh, I don't think you're going to trade him for three other pass rushers at $2 million just for the, you know, sake that Sashi Brown had drafted him. Um, this is one we've gotten to in a little bit here. Um, let's see here. I guess it's, uh, Nemi, um, what other hybrid linebacker safety guys do you like in this class besides Ben Burr, Kerbin? We do have a couple names here. Oh, so first, I don't look at Ben Burr, Kerbin as a hybrid guy. I don't think he can play safety. For one thing, uh, and I've mentioned this in writing about him, his backpedal is atrocious. Um, I think he's a linebacker only. He's not the crossing guard. He's not the crossing guard that Joe Schobert is. No, he's. I think he's either got to open up, pick a direction, and, and shuffle to get to his spots or whatever. But I don't think he's a guy you want uh, from that standpoint. But if you're looking at sort of the smallish linebacker that can do some things, I think Ulysses Gilbert from Akron is in that group. Um, I'll throw mine in here. Drew Tranquil, Notre Dame. Yeah, I think. I think. He could be. I mean, he's, I mean, he's, really, really, he's, really good he's, done, he's done both, and you know, put on a little weight, tested through the roof. Um, an interesting name here is uh, the Marshall kid, because um, I don't know if he's got the athleticism to stay well, at safety. Can't. Yeah, I mean, he just runs around and destroys people. Uh, I don't think he's really much of a safety, and the, and the size would be enough where you could say, hey, you know, eat your way up 10, 15 pounds. But the guy will, you know, I mean, he would first year he would be nothing but a special teams guy. But I mean, he would. You know, he would hit his mother on Thanksgiving in in the flag in the family touch game. So yeah, he's interesting. Uh, a small school guy that could potentially fit in that rule. EJ Speed from Tarleton State. Just a great uh, name. Great name. He, yeah, he his speed is only four six, which four six four, which is fine. Six three two twenty seven, allegedly, uh, and that he tested you know sub seven three cone. Which is great. The shuttle is not that great, uh, but the, you know you want hips and stuff for that type of stuff. He could potentially do it. And then you know the that JT Hassel kid from Florida Tech could be in that role because that is literally what his college career has been. He played linebacker at South Dakota State, and then he or uh, yeah, and then safety uh, at varying stages at both uh, South Dakota uh, South yeah South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, and then Florida Tech. Um, yeah, I think uh, Marquise Blair is another one. Which gets to another listener question, so go ahead, get your Marquise Blair run out there. Yeah, uh, you watch him on tape, he does not look 213 pounds. He looks really lean, so he, he's athletic, although he did not do agility um, very fast. You wonder if maybe uh, you know he's a guy where a team gets him and they basically say we think you could add weight easily. It doesn't mean he can't be a safety and just stay what he is, but it's possible if they don't love him as a pure safety 
that they that they might like him uh, teams might like him more as a pure linebacker type guy you know with a little more weight on him uh but yeah i mean utah is fun because they have uh kyle whittingham as their head coach i think he's one of the more underrated coaches in the country every year he always just seems to be getting the most out of that team uh, but, uh, yeah, they do a lot of interesting things on defense. Obviously, mentioned talked about Cody Barton yesterday. You, if you watch a Marquise Blair, like Barton, does a lot of different roles. They, they move guys around quite a bit to, to expose them to things. Uh, and the one other guy that I think could potentially be in that role, that spur, is John Gardner-Johnson. Uh, although I think he ultimately ends up as a you know strong safety and, and a top-down player, he has been a guy who's played in the slot, and he is very big. Um, he's 210 pounds at just under 5'11", and he can hit. So he's a guy that, you know, if, you, if you're looking at him in that Jabril Peppers-type role, you can move him around all over the field and, and do those type of things, uh, whether it's pure pure position or just a package player. But really, he just seems like the type of guy where you, you look at what was done with, with uh, Jabril Peppers and you can envision uh, – Chauncey Gardner Johnson, maybe more than any player in this draft, doing those types of things. Uh, in look, I mean, he's you know obviously one of the first selections for this team. There's no doubt about it. Um, but look, I mean, there's there's other avenues to go to this, and also though, you know, we, we started to understand that maybe Wilkes, the strong safety value, is not going to be what we all thought it was. Um, maybe it could be more of you know nickel five D backs or one linebacker and just a rotation of a, a ton a ton of defensive backs. Um, obviously, Murray. I mean, his role could be dual. You know, if they need him to, he can play obviously play some corner. Obviously, you know, he can play covered safety. He can play some free safety. Morgan Burnett, I mean, if they want to get, you know, more with it, I mean, he's he wasn't thrilled with it. Maybe he'll be more thrilled with it in Cleveland, with you know, or, you know, with people in the front office that he's familiar with, with Demarius Randall there. Where hey, look, play some nickel, you know, play some nickel linebacker, play some, you know, in, in these situations where Wilkes does like to play nickel and dime a ton, which should translate to what we think this season is going to be. So you know, you have the versatility, you know, and just keep. At this point, Pete, I guess just keep finding the best athletes that can do more than one thing and just, you know, create a huge, huge defense of everybody alike. You know, obviously another pass rusher, obviously two more defense, you know, two more interior guys. Get yourself to the point where, and we talked about this a lot where it was, you know, maybe, you know, in 17 they trusted, you know, 12 to, yeah, I mean, not even 12 to 13, eight to nine guys on defense. In 18, it got to maybe where it was 11 to 13 guys. Get it to the point now where it's maybe 15 to 17 guys, and it'll just make for a better overall product. Right. So yesterday we talked about secondary, and I talked about how it's you know Demarius Randall and and Denzel Ward should really be the only two pure starters that everything else is immovable. They don't come off unless they're hurt or need a breather. Right. So I would add Joe Schober to that group. And I would add, you know, Miles Garrett to that group and Olivier Vernon and, and Larry Ogunjobi. But even those guys, it's a question of, you know, where do you put them on a given play? So Miles Garrett can move around. So really at that point, it's really just Joe Schobert, Denzel Ward, and Demarius Randall. And then everything else is, is, an, is, is dependent on the situation uh, and role they need for a given matchup, given situation, down in distance, or a particular player they're facing. 
But if you're talking about the defense in terms of what got, what three, what guys should never, ever come off the field, I mean, defensive linemen do by nature, that it's just those three and then everything else becomes sort of a, a, a piece that can move around, or at least that's sort of how I would envision it uh, with – what they have, what they're adding, and 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 what makes maybe the most sense for where where the NFL is going and where the Browns are going. Well, and then there's the other thing though. I mean, if you want to go, you know, if they want to start mixing in looks where it's only three defensive linemen in obvious pass situations, um, somebody can catch a breather. Look, Sheldon Richardson can man either side, you know, as a defensive end. So, you know, if Vernon or Garrett is the one off the field, obviously Larry up the middle. You know, uh, you know, obviously we know Olivier Vernon can handle the left side. He can handle the right side. Miles can line up anywhere. So if Joby needs the breather, you can put Miles on the inside. You can put Sheldon on the out. I mean, there's just so much you can do, but just keep adding to it. And, you know, find, you know, some run pluggers. So, you know, on a first and ten, you don't necessarily have to have Larry and Sheldon. on. It's 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 so close. It's so there if you just find the correct couple of pieces here you should be able to put yourself in what could conceivably on paper be one of the best 53s Cleveland's ever had since they came back in 99 yeah I mean that's that's why this team has the aspirations it does that's why you know it's not unreasonable to expect not just playoffs but a division crown out of this group with where they're going and where everybody else is going and you can talk yourself into the Steelers that they're going to be quote unquote better because Antonio Brown is gone. I tell, uh, but the worst part about that is it just likes me, makes me like Juju Smith-Schuster more. I cannot believe he put out the fact that Juju, as what an eighteen-year-old kid, sent him a message saying, "I look up to you." Is there any advice? You, like, where did he think like he was going to make Juju look like the jerk off in that scenario by putting that up? What an right. asshole! What so, an asshole! <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. So, there's no other way to put it. For for. It seemed like a solid thirty seconds. There was a, there was a small amount of uh, empathy for Antonio Brown that he was sort of made out to be the bad guy, and Ben Roethlisberger is a little bit of an ass. Look, we all uh, know that. I don't think anybody's denying that. But it, it was just this this little moment in time where people are like, "Man, Antonio Brown's really getting a raw deal," and then he he stomped that out right quick and made it very clear. That he is an asshole too, and you know that it's very easy to dislike. My whole issue with this situation is, you know, the the Steelers being one of the chosen franchises in the NFL. That it took Antonio Brown going to the Raiders before we really get into this stuff. When there's been more than enough to get into this whole situation various times, and they've just been it's just been brushed off because they are. They are one of those protected franchises. The Ravens are in that group. Uh, the Patriots Giants. to a certain extent. Yeah, and there's just teams that do not get, you know, really focused on. And some of that is because they are good and they can, you know, get get the conversation off of it. But there has been more than enough there with the Steelers and, and issues dating back for several years where it's weird that this all comes out now and this guy leaves. But it, there was no attention on this when he was there for the past however many years. Well, I mean, but Juju Smith-Schuster is running pass routes in a mall with a whole bunch of mid-teenage kids. And then he puts that out like it's supposed to discredit him. And look, you know, look, Juju Smith tear the living hell out of this league up for 14 weeks this fall. I hope he gets shut the hell down 
by Justin Lane and Denzel Ward for the two weeks that it matters to me. But it, it's just, I, I don't, under, you know, like how in and now, oh, no, 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 the trollers are going to troll. I'm going to stop posting because you're all making, no, you, you don't know what the hell you're doing. You, you tried to make a kid who almost, look, I mean, he's all, all he's doing is making Juju Smith-Schuster look like a goddamn altar boy at this point. Yes, he has the same problem as Ben Roethlisberger. They do things they think are going to reflect really well. They're sitting there going, why isn't? Why do people not think I'm great? Why do people think this guy's great? Uh, I'm doing you know, what I think is the same things, and I'm not getting any credit for them, or people don't love me, or whatever. And in that respect, Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger are dis- disturbingly alike. It's just a, a colossal, you know. Just I, I don't know. I don't know who exactly is in their ears or whatever. Or if it was just. And look, we know Pete. You know this. I know this. With the way social media works, some people just get the fingers and they just can't freaking stop themselves. Which is why Pete and I are on there less and less, guys. It's kind of what comes with it. Um, do appreciate those who, who bring the good, you know, back and forth, guys. We do that. Um, Pete, anything? Anything we skipped here? Anything we missed? Anything you got to drop for us? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, no. I, 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 this sort of, I mean, well, I guess Tristan Hill came in for a visit uh, for the Browns. That's interesting that that came out the same day I dropped him in the mock. Just saying. Uh, but no, I mean, other than that, I mean, that's sort of why you get these announcements about players attending the draft is there's very little left to sort of see and do other than you're seeing who gets visits, who gets workouts, all that stuff. And then it's just the waiting game, uh, waiting to to figure out who's actually going to get picked and where and all that stuff. And guys, um, the last day for official visits would be next Wednesday, which is the 17th. Um, guys, everybody keeps asking about the schedule. Pencil that in for Thursday the 18th. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's the same problem. They, they. I mean, it, it's not a problem because I mean the NFL has an answer for it. But yeah, when they they make sure they are the story as as much of the 365 days as humanly possible, and that's that's a way to do it. But the other thing though is the reason they drop it that Thursday is they get you prepped for everybody's going to turn on NFL Network to be ready to turn on NFL Network the following Thursday when round one of the NFL draft kicks off. So, you know, we'll know all of that, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll get into depth at that. And, you know, obviously, you know, already the Browns are going to go 16 and 0. So don't worry about that guys. That's what's going to happen. 16 and 0. Don't worry about it. Um, you know, so that, that, that will be Thursday night and that will be the 18th, uh, for anybody who is concerned. That's the way it's going to go down. They trust me. They know what they are doing. Um, even though NFL network at times does lag at times, except for, except for our boy. Mr. Sessler, who's a good dude. But, um, guys, that's pretty much it. We've put a bow on this here. Um, we have gone through, obviously, the NFL draft invitees. We have gone through the preseason schedule. We have gone through um, Mike Clay from ESPN. Um, guys, look, it, 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 none of this is a knock on Mike. Um, no, just, it's, it's no. impressive that anyone can come up with that. That's he a, does it for all numbers. 32 teams. So, guys, understand that. Like, this is a hell of a, a, an effort. But I just – the only reason I wanted to do it is I just wanted to use it as a, you know, like a jumping point from what seems low, what seems high. No disrespect to Mike because, I mean, this is ridiculous, ridiculous work. And I do use him – you know, Pete's not a fantasy guy. I am. And Mike is definitely a guy I go to and, you know, I, I kind of read and, you know, make sure. Um, 
over, over 2,500 last year in fantasy winnings. So that was nice. Um, so that was just, it was just a fun talking point. And then obviously, you know, we got to, you know, listener questions here and stuff like that. So it was, you know, it just brought something different here. We didn't have to keep it as draft, draft uh, specific this evening, give you guys a little bit different of a taste here. Um, Pete's work over at NFL Spin Zone. Make sure you're reading over there. Follow him at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, the Locked On Browns Twitter account. Guys, we're inching closer and closer. Let's get that 5K knocked the hell out here soon. It's always a follow-back account. So Locked On Browns, make sure you're following. If you're not, get on that now. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. And uh, talk to you the next time. Let's go Browns.